down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. To the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. You. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, Oh my god. I'm your Huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Rolling well, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Oh, all right, folks. Yes, 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 I know. It's Monday. I couldn't do the show last night. It's very hard to do a show when you have no power. I'm sorry. But it's hard to do. I am David Richardson. This is Hollywood Hangout. I hope everyone's doing good. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about this one uh, tonight right here, actually. We're going to be talking a stuntman, uh, an actor, a... I mean, I guess you could call him a character actor, but he's definitely a stuntman um, and an actor in most of the movies that he does the stunts in. Uh, this guy is known for his martial arts skills, uh, including Northern Shaolin, Kung, uh, Northern Shaolin Kung Fu, Taekwondo, Kali, and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, he's got the long wavy hair, the long Fu Manchu, and he's had a ton of memorable roles as a henchman in some of the like biggest action films, which means his character also usually dies. Um, but this guy has worked with uh, John Carpenter on two movies, Big Trouble in Little China and They Live. Um, he's kind of gained a cult following over the time, me being included in that following of his. Um, I've actually put him, put him over in another movie, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But he's notable for his role as Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and for stealing candy in, uh, in Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> so I'm talking about Al Leong. Uh, that is who I'll be talking about tonight. Like I said, you have seen this guy in so many movies. Uh, really, he's only he's been in 75 movies. He's done stunts for a lot of the movies he's been in. But this guy is just, I mean, for 80s and 90s and 2000s, this guy was in all the movies. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be watching uh, seeing on YouTube, I've got a picture of him right here. Um but you have seen this guy, and I put him over when we talked about Last Action Hero. Me and Anthony talked about that movie. He had gotten blown up in the pickup truck. I do have a little bit of a part that uh, we'll play in here. I'm not going to play any parts. Obviously, last week, I got a little too overexcited with the um, uh, the clips. And the show was taken down mid-show, uh, the Hackers one. I'll tell you all what, I'm going to redo that. I have not gotten rid of any of my material, pictures, or anything. Um, 
actually, I'll, I will get it and I will redo it for uh, for this right here for the uh, for the YouTube. I'll redo it so it is back up on there because I really like that movie. And uh, I really, like I said, I had those uh, backstage photographs I really wanted to share with everybody. So we'll get those. I will redo that. But um, we are definitely going to be talking, like I said, about Ali on tonight. Um, the picture I showed you was obviously a little bit older of a picture. Um, this would be a little more what he looks like now. Obviously, age still has the Fu Manchu. Still has the long hair. I will talk to everyone about that long hair in just a few minutes here. Um, I'm going to give you a few facts on old uh, Al Leong anyway before we get uh, get too far into it. Actually, going to give you the facts right in the beginning. Then we'll go through some of his early life. But this is a little more what he'd look like now. Really hasn't done much acting since um, right around 2005-ish. Um, actually, no. Hasn't done stunts since around 2005. He has done some acting. Uh, he was just in Deadwood and a couple other shows. We'll get into all those as we uh, as we're talking about all the all the movies and roles he's played. But this guy, like I said, is very very known for being a henchman. Um, he tortured Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. We'll get to all that where he played Endo. Um, but we're gonna get to all that. Like I said, this guy. I put him over really well when we were talking about Last Action Hero. Um, he's just been in a ton of things. But um, I do have some facts on uh, Al Leong that uh, are really well known. But uh, let's go ahead and get into a few of those. Now, I said he's been on a ton of in a ton of movies and all that stuff. And he definitely has. Now, I mentioned his hair. He grew his hair. Long after seeing the Beatles perform on the Ed Sullivan show, and he's had it long ever since. So it's been that long where he has been, um, had that long hair. Now, he was a kung fu student of the legendary Art Yui Wong, who passed away in 1987 at 87 years of age. Now, I can give you a little picture here. Oh, wrong picture. I apologize. This is a little picture I meant to show you right here. Right in the middle there is that uh, is that teacher. And uh, you can see how young Al Leong is in this picture. But got that long hair. Most definitely has that long hair. So there's that right there. And he's got that long hair going all the time. Still has it today, as you saw. Now, he's, um, like I said, expert in, uh, in Kung Fu. He's won multiple martial arts tournaments throughout the mid-70s. Um, 1980, he kind of came out, uh, out of retirement and won a world silver medal, uh, silver cup in the martial arts champion, uh, championship. He's also an accomplished Chinese lion dancer. That's, yeah, you guys know what that is. The long lion. The, um, in fact, he was, he was the founding mem member of a lion dance team called the four seas, which performed regularly at Chinese new year celebrations uh, cultural festivals, restaurant openings, and he's credited with kind of introducing the Guang Gung style, uh, the, um, uh, the kind of red-faced Cantonese lion to L.A. and was a part of the first two lion teams to dance in L.A.'s Chinatown. So he, uh, he's he got a lot of history over there in L.A. He was um, His family moved there when he was very early. I'll get into all that later. One of his nicknames is Kabong, Al Kabong Leong. So that's one of his nicknames right there. I got another one we'll get into in a little while. Um, that was given to him by one of his brother's friends, a man named Chuck Wagner. Um, Leong says, uh, I believe it just rhymed, so it stuck. So <laughs> that's really how it was. He's collected stuffed animals all his life. I know, it's always the tough guys. It's always the tough guys, isn't it? Uh, he has more than 150. All of them have names. He even names his stuffed animals. Um, his favorite is one he calls Wolfman. Uh, it was even a member of his wedding party. And it wore a custom-made suit. Hmm. Interesting. Let's just keep rolling with that. Big motorcycle enthusiast, uh, enthusiast. This guy has ridden motorcycles on and off-road uh, most of his life. Uh, before even getting into movies, he worked as a uh, motorcycle mechanic. Not only that, but he owned a body shop. We'll get into all that, too. 
Um, really, all he's he's not really doing that much nowadays. Uh, but he also did survive brain cancer in 1993. Had a stroke in 2005. Sustained. Here you go. As an action star, you do get torn up. Uh, Brandon Fraser will be one to tell you that. Matter of fact, he said in one of his interviews, that's why he had to stop acting for a while. He was so beat up after doing um, all these scenes that he had to stop for a while and get his body healed and fixed. Um, Sylvester Stallone is beat up more than a fucking professional wrestler. He is beat to hell. He has broken so many bones. He's also got like 600 fucking films to his credit. So, I mean... Take that what you will. But um, he's got, he's had three broken collarbones, 25 fractured ribs, several torn ligaments in his left ankle, multiple knee surgeries, broken fingers, broken arms, legs, and one failed marriage. So one of those two. Um, he said, the one thing I haven't done is I haven't broke my back, he says. But then again, life isn't over. Uh, now he now we did say he was in martial arts he does have a favorite weapon uh that weapon is called the Kwando. now i'll take a show, little show you guys what that looks like right here you can see it's kind of a long uh it's basically a sword with like a machete on the end of it a curved machete blade almost at the end of it um but uh he's actually uh performed at the Ed Parker, Long Beach Internationals. Um, and for one of the films uh, that he's done, he's actually used this. Uh, the Bill, Actually, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, he used this where he played Genghis Khan. This was the thing he used. That's why he was swinging it so wonderfully because it's his favorite weapon. He's used it before, and he's actually... Um, now, the Ed Parker Long Beach thing, we actually talked about another time. We talked about that when we were doing uh, Bruce Lee, when we were kind of comparing Dragon the Bruce Lee story to tell what was, you know, fact and fiction. We actually talked about the Ed Parker uh, Long Beach Internationals. That's actually one of the one of those is where Bruce Lee made his comeback and introduced Jeet Kune Do to the world, to the uh, basically to L.A. at the time. But basically, he was introducing that to the world because no one had ever seen uh, that style before. Bruce Lee, I mean, that style, the uh, Jeet Kune Do style was basically, he basically picked all the styles he knew and he took what he thought was over traditional. He took what he thought didn't fit here, didn't fit there. He stripped them down, put them all together and made Jeet Kune Do. Um, that's pretty much what Jeet Kune Do was um, in a nutshell. Probably a little oversimplified. But, I mean, he took all the martial arts, he took grappling, he put that in there. He, put, I mean, basically, Jeet Kune Do was the first mixed martial arts. It really was. Uh, and if you watch some of the Bruce Lee movies, especially Enter the Dragon, he's doing some of those grappling moves, and he's also doing trapping. You'll see him uh, when he goes up against the, uh, I forget the guy's name, the, 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 the big blonde guy. He traps one arm as he does the back fist to his, to his face. That was also part of his style. Uh, Enter the Dragon was basically him really introducing his style to the world through movies. Um, really, I think a lot of us wish he had lived to, to, to see that movie. Like three weeks before the opening, he passed away. So we'll be talking about another. Uh, we're talking about Brandon Lee in here, too. He actually did do a couple movies with Brandon Lee. One of those movies being Rapid Fire on Hulu right now. If you're in the U.S., uh, you can check that out uh, right there on Hulu, Rapid Fire. Good movie. Um, before Brandon Lee did The Crow, uh, he did that movie and a few more. But that was one of them he did was Rapid Fire. Um, and uh, Al Leong was one of the guys in that movie. That's pretty much a lot of the actual, like, might not know facts that I kind of dug up when I was uh, doing this. That was actually in a, a uh, article in Black Belt Magazine. That article on uh, Al Leong. And, uh, all right, folks, I need a quick drink, quick, uh, cheers to everyone out there listening. Thank you very much for listening. Mm. Only have three of these. I had eight of these last night. Didn't realize that these big beers, that's almost a 12 pack. No wonder I was hungover today. Anyway, I got to stop that shit. But anyway, um, I guess we could start getting into a little bit more of his life and a 
few other things. But like I said, most known, he is most known for playing some sort of henchman. Um, and usually he dies. Um, wasn't always what he, what he wanted to be. Like I said, he grew his hair when he saw the Beatles on uh, Ed Sullivan. And when asked in an interview he what he really wanted to be, he said, actually, I wanted to be a rock star. Leon told HDN, I truly wanted to be a rock star. And then my son ended up doing it. Then after that, I wanted to be a motocross guy. But somehow I got stuck doing this. Uh, he tells how he did it. He was a, a grip for three years behind camera. And that's where he thought he was going to stay. He thought he was very happy doing it. Then all of a sudden, he gets asked to teach some girls some martial arts in a movie. They asked if he knew martial arts. Obviously a stereotypical question to ask an, an Asian American, but it was asked back then. He said, yes. They asked uh, if he'd like to teach these four girls. He said, sure, I will. Then they said, hey, why don't you get up on camera with them? And that was the start of him getting in front of the camera. After that, he ended up doing stunts. <clears throat> and obviously, we've seen him on camera many times. Most of the movies he did stunts for, he was also in somehow, some way. They really wanted him in there. They liked the way he died. They just liked his look. He looks like the kind of henchman you would want in your movie. So why wouldn't you bring him in there? Um, but uh, he also says he's not an actor. Doesn't feel like he's an actor. Um and uh, he said, I know nothing about act acting. All I do is stunts. That's all I'm interested in. Just doing the fights and all that stuff. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, really, he, he's definitely, I mean, he really doesn't have, there's not many movies he has words, speaking roles in. I, I would assume he speaks just fine then. I would assume, I mean, he's been in America very long. He was born here, so I'm assuming. Um, but I did say earlier he worked with John Carpenter on, um, actually, more than two films. Three films, actually. I said two before. It's actually three. Big Trouble in Little China, They Live and Escape from L.A. Um, John said, John Carpenter is great. He's unreal because I like people, people. And he's that type. He's a real person. And that... I like very much about him. So really enjoyed working with him. And basically, pretty much every interview this guy does, he does get asked, why are you always hired to die? And he said, I think I'm hired to die because they've seen me on another show and said, we want to bring this guy in. We really like the way he dies. And it probably is because, I mean, like I said, if you fade in every movie he's in, he dies, whether it's Die Hard. Whether, I mean, Jesus Christ, Mel Gibson kills him. Bruce Willis kills him. He's died in a lot of very big movies. And like I said, this guy is really a very big name um, when it comes to, like I said, you can call him a character actor, which I would definitely put him as a character actor, even more over, over a stuntman. Um, I mean, he's done stunts for a ton of movies, yes, that's more of a behind-the-scenes thing where I don't really get those names, but this guy is more than a stuntman. He's in a lot of the movies. They want him in the movies. I consider him more of a character actor than a stuntman. He wants to be a stuntman. I totally get it. Um, now, I did say that uh, he had the name Al Kabong Leong, and they also call him Mahomey Bruce. Now, it's spelled M-A-H- M.A. Homie. Mahomie. So say that quick. Mahomie Bruce. Pretty badass nickname. I'll give him that. Um, born September 30th, 1952 in St. Louis, Missouri. Youngest of three children. Um, his parents owned a laundry. And uh, his father spent a lot of time and a lot of working years there. Which, like I said, just uh, kind of got him involved in a lot of different things. At 10 years old, in 1962, they uh, moved out to, uh, they moved the business and him out to L.A. And basically, that's pretty much all he did. He really never got into trouble as a kid. Spent a lot of time working in the laundry with his family. 
And that was kind of his way to stay out of trouble. You saw a lot of his friends that were there getting in trouble. And that was his way of staying out of it. Um, kept himself busy working and obviously learning martial arts since he was very, very good at martial arts. Um, obviously. So that's just kind of how he kept himself out of trouble and kept himself busy. Obviously, he was hooked on learning the arts of not only the martial arts, but he was also into the starting to learn about film. And he did attend Hollywood High School, um, kept doing the martial arts training and um, basically started talking um, as he was describing his uh, <laughs> his grandmaster uh, one day. He refers to him as old man. First of all, he calls him old man. And he always said every time I basically he said he there were all these times where he, he thought he was getting away with something. And he and, and he says, and I quote, uh, he said, and when I thought Master Wong wasn't watching, he would yell across the floor. No. Then from behind me, he'd pull my shoulders in line, shove a knee in my back to straighten it hook his instep around my ankle to correct my foot position, then pivot around in front of me to adjust my hands. So, you know, obviously this teacher was really saw something in him and uh, wanted to work with him, wanted to make him better. Um, obviously this teacher meant a lot to him too. So, but I mean, he really spent a lot of time doing this. He trained six or seven days a week. Wouldn't, uh, he, he wouldn't really move to a new kind of uh, like basically he would sit there and do a move over and over again till he got it right. Then he would move on to a different one. He'd perfect it and then he would move on. He wouldn't stop, though, until he had perfected the one move. Obviously, he has a very obsessive, compulsive um, personality. So there you go from that. But. After a while, he was just kind of learning moves and moves. And next thing you know, he'd become the, uh, the, the student had become the teacher. And he's teaching at the, he's teaching at the same dojo for a while, like I said, till 1987. And, uh, after high school, what, well, cause he did do this during high school. And after that, he started taking classes at the LA Trade Tech. Remember, I told you he was also a big motorcycle enthusiast. It was here he started learning how to fix motorcycles and another way to keep busy. And he wanted to know everything from motorcycles, from how to put them together, take them apart, ride them, uh, fix the, you know, the, the whole engine and everything. So he opened up his own body shop in, uh, in LA. He did tons of custom cars, cu custom motorcycles. People were really wanting him to do the work on their on their motorcycles and cars <clears throat> he eventually did have to close up shop after about a year um basically osha came in and told him that the chemicals he had been dealing with were that they shut his shop down and basically he found out some of those chemicals he was dealing with were making him sick osha said that they were actually dangerously toxic to a lot of people i guess he didn't have the right ventilation because that's what you need when you own a paint and body shop ventilation it's all about ventilation um so that's definitely something he must not have when i was working at the at the phone planet guardian um they had a little booth where they actually painted stuff and that was they had a, a whole thing that they had to put in because their osha had certified and all that Crazy, crazy stuff that they had to put in, but there you go. Um, you always have to have great ventilation when you're working with paints or anything like that. Now, he did get away from running the body shop, but working at that body shop gave him a little bit of an in in that, uh, in that kind of world, which also put him in touch with some people in the Hollywood thing, him doing custom work on motorcycles and stuff. And he was also doing work while doing the body shop, he was working on stunt equipment. So we got to know the people that worked in the entertainment business behind the scenes as, you know, stunt coordinators and stuff like that. A friend told him to come check out a movie, sub, you know, behind the scenes that he was working on. And boom, 
went decided right there that's what he wanted to do he wanted to do something in the movie and entertainment business uh so he went went to warner brothers warner brothers studio put an application basically saying he'll do anything on the lot the only thing that was hot uh at the time was hiring jobs for grips i believe those are the guys that hold the camera Oh, nope, I'm sorry. Grips are the technicians who build equipment that support the cameras in the movies. All right, so there you go. That's the tripods, the tracks, the cranes, the dollies, all that other camera stuff that uh, is needed to be all rigged up. Basically, um, they're the hard workers behind the scenes. Uh, and, of course, this was something he threw himself right into. Uh, we've kind of discussed that he's got a little bit of a of an obsessive-compulsive disorder. And uh, that is definitely something that um, goes on through here. Uh, basically, he says that his work ethic was always very strong. And he did had that same, you know, perfected method to everything he put his mind to. And this was no different to him. He wanted to do the best he could, build stuff the best he could, kept his head down, did his job, and was just always excited for the opportunity and I guess people saw that. He really just expected to be nothing but a grip just working behind the scenes. And then, like we said, one day he's on some low-budget movie. The director just approaches him and asks him the question we said, you want to do this? Next thing you know, this would uh, that, would, that was the start of him just becoming... <laughs> him becoming the well-known henchman and uh, dying man that he is. He... But he also, like I said, he became the guy that producers were looking for um, because of his martial arts moves, because of his look, and because I'm sure some of them heard his worth at work ethic was second to none. That's something that people really fucking look for. You know, whether it's in any industry you go into, that's definitely something that people look for. And um, I'm sure that's something that they were looking for there, so... He just became that guy, and he started out getting work right in the early 80s. Uh, Great American Hero, uh, Knight Rider, Magnum P.I., A-Team, Simon & Simon. Um, we're going to go through a lot of those. But he then started working on some of the movies, Twilight Zone, um, you know, the movie, Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, he mostly worked on TV shows for a while, but then he started getting into the movies. The first henchman role he did was in 1986 with uh, a movie, Running Scared, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. And uh, that was one of the first movies he did. And I got to tell you, it was hard to find pictures of him. I don't have many, but um, in a few minutes here, we're going to start going through a few more, a uh, few things in there, and we're going to go through all that right there. So... Like I said, he's then from there he started getting into uh, little roles with, um, like I said, Big Trouble, Little China, They Live, Escape from L.A. movies like that. But really, what his probably most breakout role was, Endo, in Lethal Weapon. I'll bring this up a couple of times, but I can go ahead and pop this picture up for you right there. Now, if you don't remember, Endo was the guy uh, who was torturing him with the car battery and the jumper cables with little fuzzy wet things on the end of it. That was Endo. Um, so basically this was his first breakout performance right here. Now, he also, believe it or not, has an uncredited part in Lethal Weapon 4, but not as Endo because Endo got killed in the first one. But... Um, he says that was money left on the table. They could have made more money with this. Um, but he was also in Die Hard and he stole a candy bar, which I will get to that. And I can't play that with sound because it's got the booming uh, music behind it. But I do have it. So I will uh, talk about it as we go. But um, once again, he just became known for his look, his Fu Manchu. And like I said, he was uh, Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted. I got that picture too. We, 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 wouldn't have, we, could, we could post him more than once. There he is as Bill and Ted's looking for a baseball bat. So there he is once again right there. But um, 
you know, this, this this movie, obviously, with the new one that just came out recently, has gotten a little bit of a resurgence on its own, and that's 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 pretty good. He was, I don't think, I can't remember if he was in the sequel. When we go through it, we'll find out. I think he might have been. So, all right. Um, so here we go. Yeah, he actually said the sequel was better, but uh, he did like this movie. Um, and uh, there we go. We'll go ahead and get off, take Bill and Ted's off there. Now, he does have one regret in his career, not in his life, but he does have one regret in his career. That is never being able to work with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, in fact, he was supposed to have a big part in Cobra, Stallone Cobra. That was him, Bridget Nielsen. Um, I forget the guy who played uh, Buffalo Bill and Joe Dirt. Sorry, folks. Need a swig. So who's was supposed to be in that. <clears throat> now, he was going to do the Die Hard. They were going to pay him good money. But so basically, he was supposed to work with Stallone. Um. Oh, excuse me. And he was supposed to do something, like I said, on the movie with um, Cobra. An Asian group, though, didn't like the idea of an Asian villain, so they protested the movie. Now, if you ever watched that movie, the villain was a bad dude in that movie. He was basically a fucking cult leader. So, basically, this caused him to get removed from that movie Cobra. Um, so there you go. I mean, obviously he wasn't upset about it. He didn't feel it was stereotypical. I don't know why people, even back then people couldn't just let people fucking live their lives and make decisions for themselves. I, that remains neither here nor there. So we had another chance to work with him on Stallone three or <laughs> with Stallone on Rambo three, but he was already on Die Hard, So he wasn't able to do that. And hopefully he was still were trying to get with him on Expendables or something, but he never could. He said he was always wanting to work with Stallone and was supposed to work uh, Rambo 3, but he said they were paying me really good money on Die Hard. And they could only use him for two weeks since they were paying us so damn good. And they're like, no, you can't go. Because, yeah, I guess he had to fly to England, but he got stopped twice. But that movie right there, was Stallone, never happened, and he never got to work with him. Um, but he did get to work with Bruce Willis, and like I said, he was basically the guy that stole the candy bar. Now, that was not a scene that was supposed to be in there. I'll play that as we're talking here. Um, he goes up, he's getting his guns ready, he walks behind the, he gets behind the counter to hide the candy counter, and he kind of takes a peek, and next thing you know, he looks at the candy bars. He's ready. He's got the gun in his hand. He looks down, and he sees, I believe it's a Mars bar. Let me see what he grabs here. He does. He grabs a, uh, it's a Hershey's. It's a Hershey's. He grabs a Hershey's, and uh, he takes the Hershey's with him. <laughs> so... He grabs a candy bar. Now, that was an improv scene, like I had said. Uh, the quote from him, from, from what I remember, I asked McTurnan, John McTurnan, directed the movie, if it was okay to take the candy. It was definitely not in the script, but it was a well-written story. So he just decided to grab the candy out of nowhere, and it became a very memorable scene from the movie, and one that people would, like I said, people really remember him as that kind of guy and that scene um so we got a few more here and then we're gonna get right and we'll go through the movies shouldn't take me long to go through the movies we've already been on here we've only been on 30 minutes um but uh basically he really gets involved with the story in the movies that's kind of one thing that he says is very important to him he said the story is very important whenever i can i like to get the script read it first and if i know the story is good I'll, I'll try to do it. And, you know, he said he's passed up some money doing scripts that he didn't think were good. But, I mean, he may just be a henchman and a guy who dies in every movie. But once again, he throws himself deep into his work. And, you know, he's, 
he's he's all in. When he gets into something, he's obviously all in on it. Um, he was also asked about working with um, Mel Gibson and Gary Busey on the Lethal Weapon movie. Pop that picture right back up here. And he said both Mel and Gary were great. I think this is might be Gary Busey might remember doing some of this movie. Probably not. He said the helicopter in the air was great because there were two chop two choppers flying way too close with with one filming us. The pilot asked me what I was doing and I said, getting ready to jump if things go wrong. He said, you don't want to jump, you want to ride it out. It was exciting when I was bouncing the chopper on top of the car. The pilot was great. That guy picked me up after Mel kills me. Was <laughs> He said, the guy that picked me up after Mel kills me kills me was an L.A. Hells Angel member, another great guy to work with. Boy, they seem to get a lot of Hells Angels member in some of these movies, man. I'm telling you. Seems a little weird to me, but that's kind of what... Uh, I mean, we talked about Beyond the Law, and there were Hells Angels on that set, too. That was a biker movie, though, so it made more sense on that movie. All right, so we can get this picture of him and Lethal up and off, and we'll get back to that in a little while. And he was also asked... Um, Kind of uh, asked about Die Hard. What was your impression of Bruce Willis? And if he was concerned with the casting decision because Richard Gere was the first one to be offered that role. And he basically said on Die Hard, he said, Bruce was great. He said he's one of these guys that walks in and can memorize everybody's name. I mean everybody's name, the electrician, the grips, and I mean everybody else. He said, I have trouble trying to remember my own name. I had no idea someone else besides Bruce was supposed to do that part. He said, I brought, I was brought on by Joel Silver after he used me on Lethal Weapon, which we had just talked about. I was originally introduced to Joel Silver by Craig Baxley, who directed a Carl Weathers film I was on. Action Jackson would have been that film. And uh, as far as casting someone else in that movie, he had no clue. Absolutely no clue. So now we're going to talk a little bit and then we'll get to the real to all the other movies. A little bit about Rapid Fire. Like I said, that's the movie he was in with Brandon Lee. Not the best picture of it, but I got what I can for everyone here on YouTube. Um, Brandon Lee, a young Brandon Lee. Now there was always rumor about that movie that the 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 fight scene they shot at the end, which was an incredible fight with Brandon Lee. Uh, if you've never seen Rapid Fire, like I said, this is on. Uh, Hulu in the U.S. You need to be watching this. It's a great movie. Um, now, there was always a rumor that it was shot in a single day and pre-choreographed way before they did anything. So he said, yes, the fight was shot in a single day. He said, I would say a fight like this would normally take three to five days to do. And no, it was not pre-set up or pre-choreographed. It was put together on the spot by Jeffy Mata, Brandon, and me. He said, I was also working with Craig Baxley, who we talked about a few minutes ago, in Hawaii. <clears throat> At the same time, he was shooting a pilot for TV, a series called Raven. The producers were nice enough to let me go in the middle of shooting. It actually became three days because of flying time. The director for Rapid Fire was great. So was the crew. Of course, Brandon and Jeff are always great to work with. Uh, the producer was an asshole. <laughs> At the end, he made sure I didn't get paid because I didn't make it a point to let the Screen Actors Guild know I was working another, another job. It was a lot of fun doing the fight because a lot of time you are under control by someone who knows nothing about fighting and you end up with a mess of a scene. So obviously we're great working with Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, obviously. Um. So there you go. One day. If you watch that fight scene, you're going to go, one day? Yeah, one day they did the scene. It is not a short scene. It is a pretty detailed, in-depth scene, actually. And um, there you go with that. But uh, that's pretty much all kind of the deep diving. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do right there into the uh, kind of his... Uh, his life and just sort of some interviews and stuff. And again, I'm trying to be very light with what I play on here for you guys. I don't want to be, I don't want to be kicked off here again. So I don't want the show out and gone. So let's go ahead and get this, uh, get this out rolling. But, um, got a few things 
Um, like I said, he did do stunts for 36 movies. The last movie uh, would be in 2005, being Hostage. Uh, that was the last movie he did anything for. But, I mean, he did stunts in Daredevil, Scorpion King, Planet of the Apes, Lethal Weapon 4, like I had said. Escape from L.A., Mortal Kombat, uncredited. You're going to hear the word uncredited a lot. He was in Last Action Hero. You're going to see him. I actually have a scene right here. Last action hero. He's right here. Right here. Here he goes. You'll see him in the pickup truck in just a second. But he's uncredited. You're going to hear that word from me a lot. Uncredited. He is uncredited in so many things and so many scenes. It's ridiculous. But uh, right after this guy gets thrown into the... <laughs> you can see you've got him in the in the vehicle... Ali Ong, and also one of the guys that we talked about in uh, Beyond the Lodge just a couple of weeks ago was right beside him. <coughs> he played the uh, undercover cop who got his ass kicked. But, yeah, Ali Ong is right in that scene doing that. And um, he was in The Replacement Killers. He did stunts. Another one, uncredited. But you're going to hear me say the words uncredited a lot when I get to the movies he's actually been in and performed in. So... Let's go ahead and get to that. Like I said, he had done a lot of things, uh, TV TV series, um, The Greatest American Hero. I remember watching that show as a kid, kind of a cheesy one. Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, he was in the segment Time Out. He was the Vietnamese guy. Off the Wall, Heart to Heart, great TV show. And he was in Knight Rider. I got a little picture of Knight Rider for you right here. There he is right beside David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff has the, the karate stance going. Look at that hair. Look at that jacket. Look at that hair and look at that jacket. And look at that Fu Manchu on Ali Young. Beautiful. Fucking beautiful. Also did a few more TV shows. Magnum P.I., another one right there. Protocol, My Science Project, The Equalizer TV series. Um... And this is where it starts. Um, actually, in The Greatest American Hero 1983, he's in it, and he's uncredited. He plays the Master of Flowers Ninja Warrior, uncredited. We move up to Knight Rider, uncredited. We move up to The Equalizer. He plays Chinese Man, uncredited. We move to Hunter. That was a great TV series, TV series old cop show. Chang Men, one episode, uncredited. Airwolf, uncredited. Uh, then we get to the Twilight Zone TV series. He's finally credited. Um, he was in uh, in uh, one of those as Albert Leong. Fall Guy, he had two different parts, two different uh, appearances in the Fall Guy. Riptide, TJ Hooker, uh, something called Big Trouble. Not Big Trouble, Little China. No, he was in Running Scared. Remember I had talked about Running Scared as a henchman. Uncredited. Yeah, uncredited. Now, Big Trouble Little China, not uncredited in that movie. Here he was right here. Uh, that is another movie also on Hulu, if you would like to watch it, right there on Hulu. You can check that out. And he was also in a, about five episodes of The A-Team over the years. Great show. Got Mr. T, a couple other actors, some good guys in that. And he was also in Simon and Simon. And we come to 1987, and this is where we get him once again in Lethal Weapon as Endo, which, like even he said, was kind of a breakout role for him to be a henchman. Um, so he, again, kind of kept that role going. Instead of just being the, 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 the Chinese guy or the ninja warrior that's uncredited, but, I mean, even in the A-team, Uncredited in all one, two, three, in all five appearances from 1984 to 1986. Uncredited. Um, but finally, he's in this movie and he plays Endo. Credited. Spencer for Hire, another great TV show he was in. Um, I'm just going to some of these TV shows and I'm going to you know, Broken Angel, Uncredited. They Live, Uncredited. Black Rain. If you've never seen Black Rain, with uh, Michael Douglas, um, Andy Garcia. It is a really, really good movie. Another cop movie. I know, I know, I love me some cop movies. 
but that's a great movie. And he was also, like I said, he was in Bill and Tid, uh, Bill, Bill and Tid's, <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent adventure right here as Genghis Khan. We'd already put that picture up. After that was Black Rain. Um, and like I said, a great movie right there. And then we're going to move up to 1990. I'm not going to go through all 70-some 70, uh, 70 films, but we're going to go to... Uh, he was also in Death Warrant with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Another great movie. Really is a good movie. Um, if you haven't checked this out, he's a, <coughs> a police officer who gets sent to jail for... Uh, he was In the beginning of it, he was after a serial killer called Sandman. And he gets him... He goes to jail undercover to try to find out who's selling body parts. And basically he gets stuck there when everyone he knows and everybody who knows anything about the project gets killed except for the one girl. Um, but uh, he fights Aliong in one part in that movie. A good little part, good little... He gets put through a dryer door. But anyhow. Um, and then we go to, like I said, we go to Rapid Fire right there. He's with... Brandon Lee right there. And then we go up a little more. He was in Hot Shots, Hot Shots Part Duh. That was a Charlie Sheen movie. And I just showed you with Last Action Hero. I just showed you that part. Not even credited. Not even credited. There are so many parts, this parts and uh, things this guy is in, and he is completely uncredited for him. Beverly Hills Cop 3, he's in there real quick uncredited double dragon he's in deadly target the replacement killers uncredited another great movie starring chow young fat and i believe mia sorvino um another one on hulu if you want to catch it it's on hulu in the united states so if you want to catch that it's right there um but we keep going through and we go through we're up in the late 90s now even did nin he was even on the, that '70s show. One episode he played Ninja Warrior, um, but we keep going. And he was actually even in 2004. He was on Deadwood. There you go, right there. He was in one episode. Guess what? He got killed. Uh, <laughs> he did. He got killed. Of course he did. Of course he got killed. Um. He's done a couple of things. He's actually got a couple of things right now that's in post-production, something called The Gathering. He plays Al. I don't know the last name, but what the hell. Um, and he's got something in pre-production called Hope, a Rambo fan film. So not quite sure what he's going with there, but um, he did have a little bit of a span there where he hasn't really done anything. He kind of took... 2005 to 2014 off, um, didn't really do much in those times, didn't really even do stunts. Again, the last thing he did was in 2005 for stunts was Hostage, and um, I'm trying to think if that's the movie I'm thinking of. It is the Bruce Willis movie, once again, back with Bruce Willis. Um, so yeah, there you go. One more movie with him in it, but seriously, like I said, it, it you know, I really like doing these shows on guys that you've known forever. Seen them in this, seen them in that. Don't really know much about him. I hope right now you guys know a lot more about this guy. Um, but I've always seen him in so many movies, and I you can pick him out. You can go, oh, there he is right there. Oh, there he is right there. Or, oh, man, there's you know the, that guy from Die Hard, the candy stealer, the guy that tortured... Mel Gibson, you've always know where he's from, some other movie, even if he's not credited in that movie, you know he's from this, he's from that. So it's always good to see him uh in 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 movies. And like I said, I I, I love doing these uh shows on these actors that may not be so well known. Like I said, you've seen him, you know you've seen him but you can't quite place who he is or can't quite do this. We have Google now. We can always look it up. But I I think this is uh, this was something that needed to be done. This is a, this is a man that definitely deserved to be focused on. Um, like I said, me being a huge fan of martial arts movies, the martial arts genre, Bruce Lee, Brandon Lee, um, 
me just being a fan of all the martial arts stuff, I'm a fan of this guy's. Um, I think the first movie I can remember actually seeing him in was probably Lethal Weapon, which I probably wasn't supposed to be watching. But my dad probably let me watch it. But I believe that's probably the first movie I remember seeing him in was Lethal Weapon. Um, obviously saw him in some things before and after that. Um, but again, you got a couple of movies there you can go right on Hulu and watch. Um, like I said, um, Replacement Killers, look for him. You'll see him. Uh, I believe Big Trouble in Little China is still on there. May, may not be. I know it might be expiring soon. You can definitely see him in there. Um, Rapid Fire, right there on Hulu in the, in the U.S. Um, and maybe some, I don't know, if you got a VPN and you're in another country, check it out. Um, but there you go. That's really all I have on this gentleman right here. Al Leong, a little more. Recent of a picture of him right there. And uh, that's really all I have on this guy. Just an, an incredibly, incredibly talented uh, actor, stuntman. Been very beat up in the business. And uh, it's good to uh, good to see he's still doing some stuff. Um, so I guess we'll see what, uh, what he's doing with those last two movies or if he does any more after that. But like I said, I really thought that this guy deserved... Um, this deserved some time, deserved something dedicated to him. And uh, there's plenty of interviews out there. Not, not, not obviously, but um, not surprising. But uh, I thought this still deserved to be done. But um, like I said, most of the movies I mentioned that he was in, uncredited, he also did stunts for. Prob I would say he got credit for being a stunt man, but just didn't get credit for being an actor. But just a, a, a very talented guy. And um, that's it. That is it for Mr. Al Leong. Folks, like I said, I really appreciate you guys stopping on by. I would have done this last night. I couldn't, but I had everything ready. So just needed to come out here and get it done for you guys. But I appreciate anybody listening, anybody who joined. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. I actually forgot to get the chat room loaded up. So I don't even know if there was anyone in the chat. Let me find out real quick. Yeah, I think when I, uh, no, doesn't look like it. So that's not a problem at all. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely appreciate everybody who's going to be listening to this. Please, if you like this, uh, definitely give this video a like. I'd appreciate that very, very much. And, uh, if you don't like it, give it a thumbs down. If you got any way I can be better, if you got any way I can improve on this show, please let me know. Um, I want to make sure you guys are listening to the Weekly Detour. That's right. Check them out. Go to Spotify. Check out Weekly Detour. That is Anthony. And that is also uh, Teddy Grahams over there. So go check out those guys over there. And um, there you go, folks. I am David Richardson. This is Hollywood Hangout. I appreciate all y'all coming on in. And I need to figure out how to move this because the chat is now blocking stuff. And there you go. Thanks again. And I will see y'all next time. Bye, y'all.